0: Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week, we'll be discussing The Invitation. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, AJ Rebecca and super producer, Craig Stanton. Gentlemen.
1: Hello, boys. (laughs) It's a big week, Bill. Why is that? Why is that, AJ? Well, two things. Uh, Well, we have the NFL... By the time you listened to this episode, the Bills will have played the Rams Mm -hmm. on the 2022 NFL kickoff uh, weekend, which we're all just fucking torqued about. Uh, And second thing is we're officially in fall. Um, I'm a big fall guy. Craig's drinking a Guinness right now. I have a bourbon going. We're back. I'm in the fall fucking mood. Changed my coffee (laughs) order at Starbucks. I'm fucking hyped for hoodies and
0: let me ask let me ask you as a fall guy let me ask you a question because i'm not a fall guy. yeah big big fall guy um when is pumpkin season give me a give me a window a range give me a range of time that it's okay to have pumpkins and pumpkin based materials september
1: 28th through thanksgiving interesting
2: okay craig you raised your hand i'm going hard october first we got to be in october Hard October 1st. 28th of Thanksgiving September. is a reasonable shot cutoff date. I was gonna ask if you meant like physical pumpkins or like pumpkin flavored stuff. either or I guess. <laughs> yeah, either was or like
1: decorations or <laughs> both, yeah. both. But then I, I realized like that
2: they actually it's basically the same answer same answer for both.
0: Pumpkins I feel like
2: are are good for October
0: one to October thirty one. And then I'm all set with pumpkins. No, I, think you know,
2: I think you got go go go? until
1: Thanksgiving. I think you got until Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Geez, what about Louise? gourds and, and, and squashes? That's peak gourd
2: season is Thanksgiving. I mean, the <laughs> yeah, that's gourds your really gourd have their window day. for sure. But the pumpkin is a nice transition to the gourd, to
0: the cornucopia. Well, some people are already getting real into this pumpkin stuff real early. I've already seen posts of pumpkin spice lattes and what have you.
1: Yeah. It's weird here in New England because, I mean, you know, fucking Labor Day hits. It's still and ninety-five it's still degrees, seven <laughs> degrees out, and people yeah. are like, "Oh my god, I cannot wait to get my pumpkin spice latte." And I was like, "I'm sweating."
2: It's like when you got like some new. Cl- it's like when you got some new clothes for the first day of school back in the day, but it was still like ninety-eight with humidity, and you're <laughs> like, "I'm gonna wear these jeans and this fucking hoodie."
0: <laughs> Gotta wear, wear them fuck. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. True.
2: Uh, oh
1: boy. Okay. Enough about uh, uh, sweater weather. Um, let's talk about what's been going on. Yeah, right. I believe. Watching? You've finally uh, dug into House of Dragon on HBO. Uh,
2: that is correct, AJ. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Okay, I mean, we. I'm a little like I'm. A f- I'm like a little afraid to get hurt again. If you know what I mean.
0: Sure. Uh, oh, so I know. I'm a little
2: trepidatious. Ooh. But I'm. In- I've. In- I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah, we
0: shared our takes last uh, episode. There's been two more television episodes since then, and now you're fully caught up as well. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's still going well. I'm still enjoying it. Um, I've had a couple qualms here and there, but we'll we'll see how it how it shakes out. I am excited to watch the entire season.
1: The time jumps are fucking killing me. And then I've I just found out that the they're changing characters for episode six onwards. There's a time jump where Renee is recast.ed 10 or 15 years later
2: see that was my that was my biggest concern is the time jumps haven't really bothered me too much so far but i'm gonna be really bummed out when specifically the actress who plays raniere's who's fantastic uh she i feel like she could act her entire character just with facial expressions (laughs) she doesn't even need any lines um the, they're the fact that she's going to be replaced with another actress for the sake of like a big time jump. I am going to have a hard time with that. I'm going to try my best to judge it like fairly on its merits, but I'm I can already tell you that I'm going to have a difficult time doing so. Yeah, it's interesting because
0: we've had uh, the the jump between episodes one and two was about six months, and then between two and three was about two plus years. And we're accustomed to Game of Thrones, where the only big time jumps they basically saved for in between seasons which kind of makes sense. And so as a viewer, you with Thrones, you could watch these storylines develop a little more naturally and with a little more satisfaction because they were over a long period of time versus this show. Storylines are getting resolved in like one or two scenes because they have to, because we're going to move on to a year later next time. Like they don't have time to drag things out as much. So it's, it's, Cool from a plot moving forward and chewing through narrative and moving things along piece, but it's I think it's it hurts it a little bit from the emotional piece. So I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see how it how it shakes out and how many jumps they, they do. Yeah, agreed. Uh I also watched something. A movie called The Outfit. Came out earlier this year, so I didn't really do a, a review for it. Um with Mark Rylance. I don't know if you remember seeing the commercials. It's like takes place in like Chicago in the nineteen fifties, I think it was. It's basically almost like a play, uh, but it's but it's all just set in so it's all set in one location. And it's kind of a thriller movie with the mob. And Mark Rylance runs a tailor shop and you know, he's got a haunted past, of course. And it's it's it was pretty good. Uh it was like fine. It's one of those movies that's hard to review because it was well-written, well-acted, pretty well-shot, but it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's a little slow at times. But overall, I enjoyed it. So it's it's a soft yes, I guess. But it is on digital now. Um, Mark Rylance was really, really good in it. I mean, he always is. He's fantastic. He really made his... I mean, he's been acting forever, but his big splash was in Bridge of Spies, if you saw that Spielberg movie. Uh, and he continues continues to do excellent work. So the outfit, if you if you catch it on on some sort of streaming service. Might be worth it uh, for some people. But um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I also watched a number of Netflix documentaries. So Netflix has their own sports docuseries called Untold. It's very much like the 30 for 30 of Netflix, I guess. And so I watched all three of the newest season, which includes the rise and fall of And One, the basketball brand, Operation Flagrant Foul, which is about the basketball ref that was caught betting on games, including ones that he refed. And a two-parter about Manti Teo and him being catfish and the whole fake girlfriend thing. And all three of them I thought were excellent and very much worth watching if you're a sports fan, uh, particularly if you're if any of those topics are of interest to you. So, big recommendation there.
1: I watched... I didn't realize that Manti Teo was two-part. I watched the second one with my wife yeah, pretty well done i think the way they cut everything together and the way they told the stories i uh, i don't think it was a two and the fift- two hour 15 minute documentary i think it could have probably been cut down just a little bit um, the tail
0: the tail one yeah they, yeah i they could
1: trimmed it yeah and there was a couple things like the whole fact that deadspin the narrative was to show that mainstream media is a bunch of fucking idiots that doesn't fact check and stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of that stuff was buried. Like, the fact that he had to go to therapy once things were done was a little bit buried and was like in the last 10 minutes. I think the story was interesting, but it felt a little bit more dateline than really substance y, if you get what I'm trying to say. I can see that. Like, it's kind that. of
2: wild that. ESPN 30 for 30 has had, like, has just cornered the market on these, like, quick sports documentaries for feels like my entire life. And, like, no one has tried to, like, compete on that, you know? Like, th- this is an interesting idea, and I'm, I think Netflix would probably do a good job of it. They obviously have the resources, and it seems like they've done a good job with these this first bunch. But it's just, it's funny that, like, it. I don't know, I just the only comparison is 30 for 30 cuz it's just like the the thing like it's almost like they own that whole format of like those <laughs> yeah, short sports docs. true.
1: Probably comes down to like a usage and rights thing. for ESPN versus other.
2: Oh, like you think they just like have the footage?
1: Well, yeah, and they probably have uh, deals in place that they're allowed to use names right, like this right, right. game footage, etc. Um That's a good point. That's a good point. Also, is ESPN Classic still a channel? Like does that exist
0: anymore? Uh, I don't remember seeing it on my viewer guide. <laughs> in your TV guide? I used to watch it.
1: No, I they used to, to have, watch like... used Classic look. all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, they used to have, like, insane old boxing matches and shit like that. That was awesome to watch. I mean, I never watched, like, Indiana Pacers versus the Bulls in, like, 83. <laughs> I would watch more, oh, like... I s- see, I did. I did. <laughs> I
0: remember... I remember in my parents' basement on ESPN Classic watching the Duke-Kansas double overtime Christian Leitner game, arguably the greatest college basketball game of all time. I was watching it because it was on, and I had no idea like what it was or what would end up happening. And I was on the edge of my fucking seat watching this ESPN Classic game as if it was live, and I was losing my mind. It's a core memory for me. How old were you? Like
1: ten, eight, eleven? 12? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Something like that. Trying to call a bookie to place live bets. <laughs>
0: but what's frustrating? What's frustrating is then after that with the advent of like the cable box with the guide built in and info and all that shit, stuff that was on ESPN Classic. But you hit the info button, it was like USC upsets so and so in this classic game. But like now you know the ending. Versus yeah. when I was watching that Kansas Duke game, I had no idea, and it was like.
2: Mind blowing. They should have the created guide, a separate was... linear cable channel called ESPN <laughs>
1: Classic Spoiler Free.
2: <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'd subscribe 100%. Um,
1: I watched uh, something. I rewatched uh, Zero Dark 30 last week. Nice. What a crazy, what a great crazy movie. movie. I mean, performances. Great movie. Uh, How's it hold up? It's been a couple of years since great. I've seen it. There's, I don't want to say a tonal whiplash, but. I, told, I i texted you this. Chris Pratt's character in the last 30 minutes as like the jokester guy when they're going to kill fucking Bin Laden and everyone else is kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It kind of takes me out of it. And like in research, there probably was a guy like that that probably that's how we acted and whatever. But when you think about the whole movie and like it's just so intense and then you have Pratt being like, Andy from Parks and Rec in the last 30 minutes, it just kind of, it's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I've read and watched a, a, a host of of material regarding Navy SEALs. It's like one of my favorite subjects is military history and shit like that. So there's definitely every every story they tell or book I read, there's always, there are those guys who are that cool under pressure and do joke around and that's how they act or that's how they cope or that's how comfortable they are or whatever. So like, I'm sure there are jokesters like that but again like like you said the movie is setting a certain tone and sets you up for two and a half hours for a certain tone and then all of a sudden you get this guy so I, can't but I totally
1: that. forget the ending when she's in the cargo plane and the captain's like you're the only one on this manifesto so you must be important like I'll take you anywhere you want to go and it's just her framed dead center in the shot and she just starts crying and then it just cuts to black it's like shit yeah, yeah. mission yeah, accomplished it's it's now what movie
0: it's, it's so good uh really one of the best movies of the last few
2: years
1: all right you want to go in the news yeah what's in the news AJ hold on um can I can I stop us right here sure okay the first we're doing another Marvel news story right now I feel like I feel like why aren't we talking about the drama that's happening in Hollywood right now are you talking about the the Chris Pine thing I'm ta- I'm, I'm, of course I'm talking about the Chris Pine thing. The Chris Pine thing. The spit thing. The uh, Olivia Wilde leaving one of the funniest um, talented men in Hollywood for Harry Styles. The fact that Chris Pine with salt and pepper, shoulder long hair looks like a total fucking snack. Why aren't these the things we're talking about? First
0: of all, regardless of the hair, Chris Pine has always looked like a snack. This is this is known. This, he this looks is a tasty. But, but also... Because uh, we don't cover page six stuff here, AJ. I'm not into the to the gossip. I don't like that type of news. That's not what we do on this show. I compartmentalize. Okay. I will talk about that movie when we see that
1: movie. What
0: happened behind the okay. scenes is none of my business. It's none of my business. Like I, I'm not involved in these people's
1: lives. Let's do this. We're gonna read the news. Yeah, our our viewers or our listeners are going to hear the podcast. Love for you to shoot us a DM on Instagram saying, "Hey, those stories were great that you covered. Good job." Or no, you guys should have went into this Hollywood fiasco. And let's let them decide where they are setting
0: me. You're setting me up for failure on that one. How am I? Because obviously, people are going to want to indulge in this impulse. We need to rise above it, AJ, as the agenda setters. Wow! Wow! I also can't speak to because I haven't followed any of it.
1: Well. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige confirmed a 2024 release date for a Fantastic Four film at this year's San Diego Comic-Con. Now, Deadline has reported that WandaVision's Matt Shockman is in talks to direct. John Watts, who had directed three Spider-Man movies for Marvel Studios and Sony, was previously attached to the project. Bill, how do we feel about the change?
0: I feel good about this one, and part of the reason I did put the story in AJ is because I know you love WandaVision and you love Matt Shackman, Uh, and I think he is a good pick for Fantastic Four. I think Fantastic Four, I assume, is going to have some emotional elements, some more pathos to it, and I think Shackman can bring that to it, especially after showing what he did on WandaVision, versus Watts, who is more goofy and funny, which we saw in the Spider-Man movies, and I don't know how well that would translate. I think they both do a great job, but I think this is a a fair changeover.
1: You? Yeah, I mean it all it all lives and dies in the writer's room, right? If the script's good, then the director has something to go with and has a vision to to build off of. And if it's not it's shit. So I loved WandaVision. Uh I'm trying to imagine cuz WandaVision Vision is so special and unique and the fact that the premise they came up with was so fucking mind-bending. I I don't I I'm I'm trying to put that in a context where other movies can be in that same sort of realm from a directing standpoint and I can't but I have I have high hopes I think what we saw from what Fantastic Four could be from Doctor Strange I think has potential but we know the last couple fantastic movies were just straight fucking dumpster fires and i think it's at the point where like you've hit the bottom of the barrel like there's only one way to go and it's up from here but we've also seen what marvel has done in the last two years with what they come up with and it hasn't been good so fuck it roll the dice see what happens another news story aj a
0: 2021 survey found that in the 18 to 25 year old group four out of five participants use subtitles all or part of the time despite lacking hearing problems four out of five watching things with subtitles some explanations some explanations include us audiences increasingly watching british shows with difficult accents modern actors shooting for realism and mumbling too much or so that they can take in the whole scene quickly and then flick their eyes back down to their phone aj you use subtitles consistently as well but more so
1: for hearing needs what do you think of this trend I know the exact reason why four out of five, 80% of people have subtitles on. There is a Go. massive issue with sound design in Hollywood as it stands right now today.
0: Okay, let's talk about it.
1: I feel, personally, is though the audio mix between dialogue, score, slash music, and sound effects is just way off kilter like if you're looking at a mixing board and like you're looking at how sound is distributed effects and all of that shit seems to overpower everything and we're all watching stuff from home now except for you bill i know you know to the theaters but i feel like they're mixing for theaters but most of these people are watching at home and like you, you're you're not you're not getting the same kind of reaction from your you know your two-to-one two or even five-to-one system that you are that you would be getting in the theater. And I just think that everything becomes this mumbled, jumbled mess because people aren't putting the dialogue or the important things forward and letting everything else kind of maybe fade out in the background, is my personal opinion.
0: But how how much of that is on... The consumer, though, because they can't mix a movie that'll work on every single possible stereo. They got to do the best they can, and then it's
1: up to the people to set up their systems right. I forget what movie it was, but I remember if you saw it in IMAX, you got to see the first ten minutes of the first opening scene of The Dark Knight Rises. You remember that? I forget what it was you got to saw, but that was like the kind of that was a trailer. I think it was la- I think it was um,
0: I Am Legend. No, was that, that was way Dark too Night. early.
1: I, I forget. Okay. But anyways. I you,
0: yeah. I think the first time it's a Dark Knight play before I Am Legend. I forget what Rise and, played before, but go ahead.
1: I mean, it was all over the internet that you could not understand a single word Bane was saying. And they said that like, and they redid it. And, and they actually redid it. And that was the first time in my mind where after seeing the before and after, I was like, holy shit, like, that the 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 understanding of dialogue is instrumental, right, to understanding a plot and how things move forward, and then to use Nolan as another example, your buddy, is that I was watching yeah. what's the one where they go back in time, Interstellar, that got a lot of flack, not Interstellar, the the newest one, the Heist, oh, Tenet, Tenet, there's a whole scene where they're on a boat sailing and there's massive amounts of dialogue that actually explain a whole bunch around Tenant, And without subtitles, you can't fucking hear it because all you hear is like the, of like the sail and the waves crashing and people yelling. And it's like, how did
0: But were you watching yeah. at home? Because I saw Tenet in theaters. And I had no issues with it. That's what I'm saying. Is
1: that like, and, Craig, you might know better than that. You're the only one who's went to school to become an audio engineer. I would assume that they're mixing audio and mastering audio for digital and home release different than they are for a theater theatrical release. And if they aren't, they should. Maybe they are.
2: If they're, if they're not, they should be. Um, because yeah, if you take all those different channels of channels of audio that are surrounding you in a theater and you sort of mash them into just like a left to right channel, that's going to come out of your laptop or something, then like the, I, I agree. I think, I think that in most modern TV and movies, not just movies, um, the sort of the difference between where the kind of vocal or dialogue, I guess you'd call it in a movie, not it's not a song, uh, is versus where like the background noise and the score is, is too close to each other. Like it's mixed like really kind of tight. And I think part of that, not to get too down this rabbit hole with you, but like part of that I think is so that those background elements, those, the, the scores and the sound effects can be heard, you know, on yeah. like a little laptop speaker sense. or something like that. Um, so they bring them up to be sort of closer, and but I think you do kind of lose a little bit of that, like, the intelligibility of the voice, perhaps. But I'm surprised, ultimately, to hear that that many people are doing it that way. I'll tell you what, we, we turned on t- uh, subtitles for House of the Dragon, because, like, it's just... Ha- I feel like half the time it's, like, mumbles, and we got, like... We just moved into a new house, and we have a new TV that, like, isn't all set up right. We don't have, like, good sound or anything yet, so, like, we just couldn't hear shit. So we put the, we put the subtitles on. We didn't stand a chance watching this new Game of Thrones thing.
1: Yeah, that's a shit ton. Interesting. I... I
0: that's why I that's why I plucked the news story out because I was so shocked by that because I don't listen with subtitle or I don't watch with subtitles um, at all. The, I have a sound system that I guess works pretty well. I have it configured pretty well, but uh, so I had kind of like a mini theater experience in my home, and it tends to do well by me. That being said, are there once in a while I like miss a word and I like double like I'll double back and put on subtitles for like one passage, but I don't leave them on all the time. Um, for me, I try not to. I find them too distracting.
2: I will. I have one. I have one. One last theory, which is eighteen to twenty-five year olds are a generation of human beings that were had freaking yeah. earbuds in their ears since probably age five, and maybe their hearing is literally just wrecked. Like Touché. they've been. They've the, the generation with little in-ear headphones since birth, be. basically. So maybe they're just h- fucked. Maybe. All
0: right, AJ. What else is in the news?
1: Last one. The 74th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards are coming up next week. This is the premier award show for television programming. Bill, looking at the nominees, what stands out to you? Any predictions? Any snubs? What do you got?
0: What stands out to me is that the shows feel old. So, like, to, they have a year of eligibility, but then they also need to add a couple months for, like, the tabulation and all that stuff. So, we're talking about shows especially when they're streaming shows and they drop all at once and they drop early on in the Emmy window of time, it feels like it's been fucking forever. Like we're talking about Ted Lasso and squid game being nominated. And it's like, I feel like I haven't watched Ted Lasso or squid game in years. Uh, really? But those are the ones that are up. Uh, like, so, uh, so I thought that was the first thing that stood out. I'm watching these, I'm looking at these nominees being like, how, what year was this? Uh, but that's, that's how the Emmys just end up working. Um, Some of the things that stand out to me for Best Drama, Severance and Succession are both up for it. Those were probably my two favorites. Um, I do like Squid Game being nominated. It's actually the first time a non-English speaking show was nominated for Best Drama, so that's kind of nice. Comedy, I feel like Ted Lasso is probably a lock, although you and I both love Barry as well.
1: And The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm a huge fan of that show. Yep.
0: Uh, Bill Hader for Best Actor would be well-deserved for his time on Barry. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me, the limited series, so like the mini-series category, feels a little bit weak. Um, I haven't seen all of them, but ha- the fact that Pam and Tommy is nominated and The Dropout is nominated tells me that the field is like not that great. Yeah. Um, and then they also <clears throat> already gave out a couple awards. So they do the Emmys in chunks. Uh, they most recently did like the quote unquote creative Emmys or whatever. They do early so a variety special, the Adele um, one-night-only special won
2: that, which was great. I think it deserved it. I mean, it.
1: that's uh, one of the most beautiful things that has ever been shot live in the history. Yeah. And I
2: have... That was a thing she did at the observatory, that, right? The outdoor thing in LA? Yeah. The Griffith I have, Observatory, I have, I
1: have, yeah. Bill following the cinematographer who did that, and it's, the guy's just a fucking animal. Yeah,
2: that special was
0: unreal. It's outstanding. So uh, I was glad to see that that won. the Super Bowl halftime show got best live special which I guess is kind of a given. I don't know. So they hmm. gave out a couple, but uh, the big awards are still going to be, uh, I believe on the 12th is when the award show itself is. Uh,
1: but yeah, I don't know. If you're looking at a list, anything um, stand out for you? Um, Best in the lead in supporting actor and actresses uh, segments. I have no idea. Like, they're tough. They're, they're, These the, it's, yeah. It's I good. mean, lead it's actor a good... in a drama series: Bateman, Cox, Odenkirk, Adam Scott, and Jeremy Strong. Cool. Roll the dice.
0: Is our boy there? Who? What's the kid from the bear? No, the bear wouldn't Didn't, have qualified.
1: Wouldn't it? it Will would,
0: would be in next. Oh year's. God! Be in next year. That's
2: gonna feel like a hundred years old. This is the, this is an issue. That's
0: what I'm That's saying. What I'm saying. <laughs> That's why
1: it's fucked
0: up. <laughs> That's why the Emmys is so weird. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. No. The best. Uh, the best drama. Rundown is Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, and Yellow Jackets. But didn't
2: Better Call Saul just happen and like two seconds ago? Or are they talking about a previous? This season? would have been.
0: This was a season before that. Oh, yeah, past oh, season. Oh, oh, so oh, 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 fucked oh. up. And so Stranger Things would have been season three, I think, too, because four just aired. Oh, they got to figure this out. Unless they, unless, unless four started in time to make it, I'm not sure. And then comedy series is Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb. Hacks, Ms. Mazel, only murders in the building, Ted Lasso, and what we do in the shadows. Big, big fields. Also, the Emmys have a lot of nominees, as you could just tell. So yeah, so we'll see. Um, I don't know what the host situation is. I don't remember if that got announced. If they must have figured something out, but I forget what they landed on. Um, speaking of hosting, I know they did ask Chris Rock if he would come back for next year's Oscars, and he already said no, so that's out of the running. Uh, it looks like Keenan Thompson is going to be hosting the Emmys update. Keenan. So, that'll be interesting. Good for him. Good for him. All right, should we get into Should I Go See It?
1: Yes, Bill. This week, we will be talking about The Invitation. According to IMDB.com, a young woman is courted and swept off her feet, only to realize a gothic conspiracy... Is a foot. I hate it when that happens, <laughs> don't you, <laughs> Bill? Bill, should I go see it? I gave it a yes. I actually uh, enjoyed this movie. Okay, it's going to be
0: more than I thought I would. Okay, um, but I do want to say that it's not a horror movie. I know that it's marketed to be scary. It's not really. There's like two or three scenes that are built for jump scares, but it's. Not really that. It's much more it's a atmospheric or thriller. There's elements of rom- romance and rom com for sure, but it's more built on like creepiness, not horror. It's and it's PG thirteen, so it like, gets not. Oh, I mean, that's going to be super intense. Okay, uh, but I really liked it. Um, you know, it's it's got a great cold open, and then smash cuts to the title, and we get introduced to our protagonist. Uh, who's played by Natalie Emmanuel. It is known. Who is is M- Massandé? Oh, from Thrones. from Game of Thrones. A little throwback. She is fantastic. She proves that she can easily carry a film. She can be a leading uh, lady for sure. She's got a good glow about her. You know what I mean? She's like, great. She's got a she's presence
1: great. on screen.
0: She also is doing an American accent, and being American is a key element to this movie because it makes her an outsider in this group. And I legit forgot her background like i thought she was american and then i watched some interview and i realized she was doing an american accent the whole time she's and a she's brit that good yeah she's, she's a brit
1: fantastic mm-hmm. uh
0: so the movie opens and she is a struggling artist down on her luck financially her mother recently passed away and this is all like classic movie shorthand like visual shortcuts to convey this information where there's like post-due bills on her fridge and like family photos all around including a photo of her with her mom in the hospital like Kind of hacky stuff, but you know it keeps the keeps the, the train on the tracks gets the story through, moving um uh, she ends up taking like a twenty three and me style DNA test why uh because you know her father passed when she was young her mother just passed from cancer, <laughs> and she's longing for a family connection a j so she so she okay. ends up doing this because thing.
2: they needed to they need to differentiate this movie from get out somehow so They decided to go with the DNA route.
0: So then she's reached out to by a distant cousin in England who says he's in New York City on business. They meet up. He invites her to a wedding. (laughs) He invites her to a wedding in the UK to meet the rest of the family. She goes with it. And then we're off to the races. Twists, turns. There's a lot of tropes you've probably seen before. It's pretty predictable. If you've ever seen a movie before, how it's going to shake out. Uh I'm not going to say anything, but apparently the trailer tells you everything. I don't know. I didn't watch the trailer, but which is don't question my methods, people. This is why I don't watch trailers. Apparently, everyone's pissed that it gave it away, but uh, it's good. It's good. It knows what it is. It's, uh, she's really great in it. It's got an interesting story that I kind of have some fun with. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say it's not as good as Ready or Not. I don't know if you saw that movie. <clears throat> Ready or Not with um, Samara Weaving. It's very very similar in terms of plot,
2: and I think that one is a little bit better. Uh, but I still really enjoyed this. Did you think of Get Out at all? The trailer, having only seen the trailer and not the actual movie, looks basically like a Get Out knockoff. Did that did did that bear out in the film at all?
1: Yeah, with with like with like vampires or something like that.
2: That didn't really
0: jump out to me. No, I really was thinking more of Ready or Not, like that, because Ready or Not is a similar thing where it's. A woman going into like a new family and they all end up being whatever, and she has to fight her way out. Like it's like it's very very similar to Ready or Not. Um, so I didn't get a Get Out vibe quite as much, but I I could see it. At least say that for sure. Um, so it was good. There's a lot of clever writing. Uh, there's some clever writing too that speaks to, you know, racism, sexism, classism and you know every monster is a metaphor and this movie plays that well they play it subtly it's not too heavy on it but it's there which i thought they did really smartly um yeah overall i thought it was an enjoyable enjoyable movie it's like it's under two hours um uh, and it's fun and and again uh natalie Emanuel is outstanding in the lead in the lead role so i'd watch her in anything at this point probably watch it
1: on like a on a plane or something yeah it'd be great for that for sure love it thin week thin file Thin Yeah, I mean there's not much right now. <laughs> Explain yourself. S- summer There's not summer, a lot out there, I'll be honest. I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Summer blockbuster season is over and we yep. are in this weird gap between award season dump. So we're kind of Yeah. We're waiting We are through. not
0: We're not yet in the prestige season and we're not even in like the fun horror movies of October. We're just in Fucking
1: whatever September is, which is trash. Hot pumpkin season. All right, Bill, um, Netflix and Bill, what's on the docket for the next few weeks?
0: So I am now three episodes in, which is however many there are right now, of The Patient on Hulu. Strong recommendation. Steve Carell, Domino Gleason. Very, very good. 20 to 25 minute episodes. Drama, thriller, miniseries. Psychiatrist and his patient. Um, it's great. It's absolutely great. Highly recommend. I don't want to say too much because I think the twists and turns of each episode are what make it. So I don't want to like spoil too much. But definitely got to watch it.
1: On the docket, it's going to be watched at some point in the next week. What else you got?
0: Uh, AJ, I haven't watched it yet. I was wondering if you did. Amazon had its biggest, <laughs> biggest Prime premiere ever with its Lord of the Rings show, which has gotten critical success but audience panning from what i'm seeing on some of these like uh rating websites critics tend to think it's pretty good audiences don't so i don't know uh but did you watch lord of the rings the rings of power
1: i have not so critics yay audience no
0: someone sent me a screenshot of the rotten tomatoes thing and the critical reception was like 70
1: something and the audience
0: reception was like 30
1: something well that means it's fucking trash garbage the whole, the whole thing was shot on a fucking green screen in a, in a soundstage. I mean, it looks dope, but I mean, what are we What are we doing here? It's I don't know. Another thing, another example. Of why does everything need a fucking prequel? Hey, I hear you. Fucking J.R.R. Tolkien made. <laughs> millions upon millions of lore and backstory and canon you could can fucking find it somewhere in some wiki article or some fucking back page fucking reddit board why do we need a show that explains what happened a thousand years before the rings were forged right right i don't give a fuck give me that the sounds- battle of helms deep <laughs> give me fucking legless just shooting arrows. <laughs> we know. Yeah, go ahead. Can
2: I ask a, can I ask a question about this about this show? Are they trying to go like head to head with Game of Thrones? Like yes. if I was the showrunner of this show, like I would be like I would be going where Game of Thrones ain't. You know what I mean? Like I'd be shooting for to be on TV when they're not on TV. Not trying to compete with them. You'll get crushed i think they're trying to compete with the with the lord of the rings
0: name cachet because they tried to compete already with that last show that they spent a bunch of money on with uh Rosamund pike in it wheel of wheel of fortune or something I what it was called i don't know what it's called <laughs> some other fantasy movie or a show and that didn't work so then they put all of their eggs in this basket and allegedly the future of amazon streaming <laughs> depends on this show like they spent almost a billion dollars on it and if it doesn't work they might end up like changing tactics with streaming
1: billion with a with a b
0: i believe the 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 budget was 750 million dollars for the show this is the most expensive show ever good lord holy shit and now it's and like yeah i'm i'm with you aj so i like lord of the rings fine those movies never read the books i saw the movies i thought they were okay the first one especially didn't like them as they went on never bothered watching the hobbit because i knew the movies are too long and now I'm not going to bother watching the show because I'm only a lukewarm fan of the sh- movie to begin with. And if I already know what happens with The Ring, which is like arguably the most important happening in Middle Earth, and I know how that ends, then like, again, why am I going to care about what happened before The Ring was forged? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, also, PSA, uh, speaking of things that cost a lot of money and earn a lot of money, uh, Top Gun Maverick is on digital now. And it has also now become the fifth highest grossing movie of all time. Whoa! Number five Top Gun Maverick. Crazy, right? Do you know the top four Crazy. off the top of your head? Oh, geez. Um, for the audience? That's a good question. So, as, Av- as Avatar you... would be one. Not number one, but would be yep. one of them. And Endgame would be one of Ti- them. Titanic? I don't know if Titanic would make it. If you adjust for inflation, sure. But generally speaking, I don't know.
2: Oh boy. You guys are you guys have you guys have hit the top 3 in order, shockingly. Really? Uh, and there's one more in there for you, which you're never going to get in a
1: million I years. Say Fast and Furious. It's got to be a Star Wars it's got to be a Star Wars movie. Ding, Force ding, Awakens.
2: Ding. Which one? Force Awakens. Force probably. Awakens it is. TFA. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what's the order? Fucking. Avatar. Yep. I just quick Google yep. search. It's it's popping up here Avatar uh t- I'm not going to give you the numbers. Avatar, Avengers Endgame, Titanic, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. And And now now Top Top Gun Gun Maverick. Maverick. There you go.
0: So, yeah. It's on digital, but it is still playing in some theaters, I believe, which is how it keeps making this money. So, uh, that's out there.
1: Speaking of Top Gun, I didn't watch it, but I booted up my Xbox after, I don't know, months of not playing many video games. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to kill some time. I'm a huge flight simulator guy. Bill knows this about me. I, I do. Just, love, just love flying the skies, landing mm-hmm. planes, fucking calling in airport codes. Um, and I log in a flight simulator. Did not know this about you. Oh, huge flight simulator. Yeah. And they were like, download the Top Gun experience. Like, learn how to fly a fucking <laughs> F-16. And I was like, take my money now. Like, take it. So I downloaded it. And it is fucking insane. Is it sick? It's one of the coolest things. And then the last mission is you get to fly like some military plane. I don't know what it is, but you do a 30 minute cross the country flight from some Air Force in Nevada to um, uh, air uh, a base in Florida in real time. And you get to like hit. Four or, four or five g's on the on the flight oh it's what are you
0: going mock two over there like how are you doing it's this
1: one of the most insane <laughs> like you pitch the plane and it's basically it's over so that's yeah. sick that's sick Top is this
2: why i mean i understand this is an audio medium but just so our listeners <laughs> know aj showed up tonight with tonight with a ripping mustache that we've never seen before are these two stories related at all
1: no, but I think I should be Goose for uh, for Halloween. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> brick or, nine, brick or nine. <laughs>
0: Uh The last thing I want to mention for what are we watching, we talked about The Last of Us show coming up. Uh, I started playing The Last of Us Part 1 Rebuilt for PS5, and it is amazing. It is the way the game always should have been, and I highly recommend it. I mean, it's the best video game ever made, and now it's made even better using all the power of the PS5, and changing the character models to better match the ones from uh, Last of Us Part Two, so there's more consistency there, and the performances uh, can come through much clearer because of the higher detail in the animation and the the mapping and things like that. So, Last of Us Part One, the opening made me cry as it always does, and it's just it's just game hits hard, and now it hits even harder. So again, recommend.
2: And that's like, it's just like a remaster or something? It's not a a new game.
0: No. So the game originally came out on PS3. They remastered it for PS4, which is basically just kind of like some texture enhances. They didn't really do much for that one. This is like full blown. Like they're changing some of the locations. They obviously added all the textures. They changed the character models. They basically just kept the maps and like the performances in terms of the voiceover. And they basically rebuilt it from the ground up for the PS5. The lighting is all different, which changes the dynamic tremendously for some of these cutscenes. And the power of the PS5 also lets them now transition between game and cutscene fully seamlessly versus they used to use Game Engine to make the cutscene, but there were still kind of these hard cuts or noticeable cuts. Now it's completely seamless, no loading, no nothing. Uh, It's just a smooth experience. And again, I think it's the best video game ever made, at least from a storytelling perspective. It's certainly the best game ever made. So... Uh, I'm loving this is my third playthrough and uh, what I played it on PS3 I played on PS4 now I'm playing on PS5 I mean it's it's the best what do you want what am I gonna do so I'm excited for the show too it amps me up for the TV show that I know you're not excited about even though you should be Uh, anything that we are gonna watch coming up Craig I know you got one on the list
2: I sure do Bill uh, you want to go to this first one first, though. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm thinking about. I might have a review next episode for Medieval. Uh, that's on the potential docket. Uh, new historical drama. The reviews are kind of so-so, so I got to decide if I really want to make the trip. But uh, that's a theater movie. This again. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm in the AMC app every day looking for theater movies to go see that would be interesting to me. And it's it's Slim Pickens, so Medieval might be my next one. But. The, then we have something else to see, Craig, if you want to talk about that one.
2: Well, Bill, uh, I'm probably not the expert, the the best guy to introduce the movie overall, but uh, Clerks 3 is a movie that is in, what, like limited release in theaters right now, <laughs> the second sequel to the movie Clerks, if you couldn't tell from the name. Clerks was a popular <laughs> film that I've never seen. Uh sp- Jesus. Fun fact about me is I play in a band, and that band has a song. Uh, we have many songs, <laughs> in fact. One of them is in this movie. Oh my god! And I'm told that it is in a a prominent it is a it is a prominent and pivotal scene of the movie, where this basically the the whole song plays. What? Uh, so Bill and I got oh yeah, I learned that yesterday. Aj, I didn't tell you that because uh, one of the members of my band actually saw it in portland uh last night and was like dude this like the basically the whole song plays like right in the middle like the i don't know right in the middle of the film i guess so anyways bill and i are gonna go see it next week we'll report back on on how that goes I've never seen any Clerks movie though, so I'm I'm not going to enjoy the movie. I don't think. <laughs> no, you won't, because I'm it, based on the. I saw the trailer, yeah. and it appears to be like all just callbacks Love to it. the
0: old shit. It does like, seem like the trailer is basically this Clerks three is about them making Clerks one. So I feel like you're gonna you're gonna be a little lost on this one. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. It is interesting the release strategy. So. Like some smaller movies Kevin Smith has released recently in his career, he's taking them on the road and doing road shows where he'll go, they'll show the movie, they'll do Q&A, and he'll keep touring the country with it, which is very cool. Um, But unlike some of the other releases, instead of also having a general release, this movie is considered a quote-unquote a Fathom Event, which Fathom Events is the, I don't know, distributor that puts like operas into theaters for one time only or sporting events or pay-per-views they put them in theaters as special events so instead of a normal movie release this movie is considered a quote-unquote fathom event which means the ticket's more expensive which is good for kevin smith i suppose um but it's also kind of a bummer because it, it limits the number of dates and times that you can go see it at your average theater
2: it's not in a weird theater though right it's in a regular AMC. no it's in
0: amc um but it's just it's under the Fathom Events headline, so you can't use your A list membership. They only show it once a day. It's only a few days that it shows. There's a welterweight UFC fight that's going to happen before the movie plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems like it. Seems like it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's it, that's you know, as his career has gone on, he has a very loyal fan base. Uh, but it's not necessarily the biggest fan base in the world. So I'm guessing he's thinking to himself, if he puts it out wide. It's probably not going to do a ton of money. So if he puts it out in these smaller, it makes it a little more exclusive, tickets are a little more money. He can kind of make up a little ground that way. And then I'm sure it'll be digital very quickly uh, afterwards because I know he's a big fan of digital as well. So I'm sure right when the tour ends, it'll probably be available for rent or buy digitally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like Kevin Smith as a entertainer, as a person, as a podcaster. His films, I'm lukewarm on. Um, I liked Dogma when I was younger. His And I like the original Clerks, certainly. Um, But after that, uh, they don't really do much for me. But again, I like him. I like his sensibility. So I'll support him in seeing this movie. And I want to support you in seeing this movie
2: as well. It's very exciting.
1: How's your uh, royalty payout look like?
2: Well, I don't think that's uh, appropriate to share on the air, AJ. But let me tell you, it was not (laughs) a large sum of money. Uh, But it was a non-zero amount of money. So that's something for you. Good for you. Yeah. and basically the way the contract is, like, structured is we ba- we got paid, like, a flat rate for the use of the song in the movie. If the movie then goes to DVD, then we'll get a- the flat rate again. If the song gets used in, like, a trailer, then we get the flat rate again. So it's, like, every form, the s- like, every use of the song in like, different formats of the movie are considered different uses. So, yeah. like, if it goes to streaming, which it probably will, we'll get paid again and whatever. So that's kind of interesting, but it's not. We didn't get paid a lot of money. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, well, I, don't, I shouldn't say I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious and sort of intrigued it'll, it'll be a very weird experience to, uh, be sitting here. Your own and voice. Yeah. He- hearing my own voice singing back to me. Uh, that but, will be interesting. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll report And for those wondering like why that song,
0: I mean, the song features New Jersey heavily in the lyrics and the Kevin correct Scott famously from New Jersey. Indeed. And the, I'm sure the movie takes place in New Jersey
2: oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah big time so yeah right place right time for that one baby yeah love it love it and maybe now clerks will get the uh we'll get the sigsy bump <laughs>
0: yeah maybe our our loyal audience
2: will uh go out and see it.
0: well thank you for listening to the should i go see it podcast please make sure to follow us on instagram at should i go see it